All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's not going to be a usual intros as normal because we are back. Um, we're going to be doing another NFL uh, playoffs episode with um, Karama slash Ang here. Uh, so welcome back to the show again. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Yes. So we are planning on doing this every week. Um, and maybe we'll do a Super Bowl preview. You never know. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I thought the first episode was pretty fun, so I was like, why not, you know, come back and do another one? Um, so we are going to be um, recapping the games and kind of our predictions from before, uh, seeing how those games happened, and then we'll so we'll cover those scores, um, any highlights from the game we want to talk about, and then we'll dig into um, the new games. Um, that are coming up. There are going to be four more games um, in this round, and then, of course, two more games next week. So, um, unless there's anything else you wanted to say, let's. Uh, do you want to dive into the first one? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to recap, like I said, what happened. So, the first game that was played, of course, was the Browns versus Texans. Um, I... I took the Texans in this one uh, just because I thought that they would do pretty well. I didn't think that the score was going to end 14-45. to 45. I will say that. The Texans yeah. <laughs> absolutely blew the doors off the Browns at home. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to their matchup later. But just talking about that game, I mean, Joe Flacco throwing two pick sixes um, was kind of the difference and the momentum shifter. back-to-back as well. Taking, so, back-to-back so, drive. Yeah. Um, no, I feel kind of bad for the Browns, but at the same time, like I, their defense was supposed to be way better than they played. And I just think it's because their defense yeah. didn't show up that they didn't win. For sure. I, I thought I had the Browns winning actually, but I was obviously wrong on that one. I think that was my, my L of the week. So oh. yeah, I'm going to give, I actually have a couple statistics pulled up here from Google. Um, just so you guys know, C.J. Stroud had, I believe, either a perfect passer rating or a near-perfect passer rating. I know um, in this game, three touchdowns, 274 yards, 16 for 21. Um, absolutely lights out, of course. Uh, literally, Joe Flacco threw more touchdowns to the other team than he actually threw to his own team <laughs> because he only threw for one touchdown and then two to the other team. Um and Nico Collins, of course, the big playmaker for the Texans with that one touchdown and 96 receiving yards. So, yeah, I thought that that was, you know, just a couple of games. Yeah, Nico six. Collins is honestly such an underrated wide receiver in the league. Because um, like, like this year has been his breakout season, and I think off the, this season alone, he's like a top 12, 13 wide receiver in the league easily. So. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, just a couple of their statistics that are pulled up. Maybe these are kind of cool. Um, we had 356 total yards for Houston, 324 for um the Browns. But the big one in the difference, I think here yards per play, 8.1 for Houston, meaning that every play they ran, they basically got eight yards of offense, which is ridiculous. So that's crazy. That's almost first down every play. <laughs> that is a crazy statistic that I just realized. So congratulations, c- congratulations to the Texans. They are moving on to the divisional round um, against the Ravens, which we'll talk about later. But that was a huge statement win in Texas, and I know a lot of Texans fans are very happy from going from the number two pick in the NFL draft to this. And of course, C.J. Stroud is the main um, event in Houston currently. So yeah, well, I clicked on the wrong game. Okay. So we will, um, sorry, it takes a couple clicks to get to all this stuff. Okay. So the next game up that we'll talk about here is dolphins versus chiefs. So seven to 26, all chiefs. Um, I I think we both predicted the chiefs on this one. Did we not? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the main factor for that was definitely going to be the cold. I don't. I didn't think that the Miami team could come in. To the, I think it, they said it felt like negative thirty something like that with the wind chills. So yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was a very. I mean, I watched this game. I didn't. I wasn't able to actually watch the Texans game because I was working. But I I watched the end of this game, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was crazy. Like 
there was like a video of them having like a water bottle out of the refrigerator and it just completely froze like the second that it got out because it was I so cold that, like yeah. negative 30 turned to ice yeah and um i don't even know like the dolphins besides the one tyree kill touchdown they just look lifeless out there like tua just was not playing well and um they just i mean they're from miami florida that was the main factor for us and I did think it was going to be closer, but at the same time, um, the Chiefs, once they hit the playoffs, are a dangerous team, which is what I would like to note. So I wasn't that surprised by it. Yeah. You have any other thoughts? Also, their one, I believe he's a rookie, uh, Rice, their receiver. He's really, really good. He reminds me a lot of like kind of like a slightly worse Tyreek Hill in a way, but he's he's been a good replacement for Tyreek. Oh, yeah. Having him this year. Uh, speaking of Rishi Rice, a stat line for you, eight receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown, um, for the Chiefs. So a very big, I mean, playability there. But if you take a look at the team statistics, um, I would say the difference maker in this game was actually Isaiah Pacheco. He was going crazy and those downhill runs in the cold, um, having a touchdown and basically 89 yards on the ground here. Um, I think it, that meant the difference for the Chiefs in this one. Yeah. I mean, for sure. most I think are, the cold made the difference for the Dolphins, and then Pacheco and Rice were the difference for the Chiefs. Yeah. So. Most are on the other side. I mean, eight carries for 33 yards, almost lifeless in the run game for Miami. They had to rely on the pass so heavy because they were down by so much. And I mean, it looked like Tua's hands were freezing off, like he just couldn't get the ball to the right place. Um, Anyways, a couple of other statistics here. I mean, 409 yards of offense from Kansas City compared to 264 for the Dolphins. I mean, they basically almost doubled the Dolphins' yards this game. Um, And then, of course, like I was saying, the rushing yards being a factor in this game, 147 rushing yards for... Kansas City and only 76 for the Dolphins. So that to me, um, you know, was the difference in this game and the reason why Kansas City was able to get such a big lead in a game that was as cold as it was. For sure. So I think if Miami had home field advantage, it would have been a way different story. I still think the Chiefs would have won because it's Patrick Mahomes and it's the playoffs, but I think it definitely would have been like a one-score game. Yeah, for sure. So. Also, uh, this, the yards per play, um, 4.5 for the Dolphins and 5.5 for um, Kansas City. So, uh, you know, that's much more reasonable than the last game um, against the, the um, what do yep. you call it? Yeah, Houston. So that's the recap for the Kansas City. I know if you guys are Kansas City fans, you're like diehard or whatever. So we had to put that in there. Okay. Now, um, next game up here, this is the one, and I just want to talk about this one for a little longer because, you know, Green Bay Packers versus Cowboys. Jerry World, the Jerry World Cowboys, and I'm, I'm about to flame a couple Cowboys fans here, so sorry. But they were undefeated at home. I mean, 16-0 and at home. Dak Prescott was like their MVP candidate. They were rolling. I mean, having just so much offense. And um, before we get into this one, you were actually at this game, I heard. So how was the um, environment? How was the game? It was awesome. I had a, I had a, I borrowed one of my family's jerseys. He had a Aaron Rodgers jersey. I know Aaron Rodgers isn't a Packer anymore, but I still adore the jersey because it's a Packer. Oh, yeah. And I went to the game, and it was just so quiet the second half of the game. <laughs> the Packers. The Cowboys fans were just completely silent. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let me just talk about the score in this one, 48-32. to 32. And before you guys, you know, who don't watch the NFL or, or didn't watch this game think that this was a close game, this was not at all a close game. This game ended basically in the second quarter. I mean, Green Bay had a 27-0 lead on the Cowboys, like the biggest lead that the Cowboys have ever had put up on them. And Jordan wasn't done. He just kept on throwing touchdowns. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, we basically Green Bay in the fourth quarter put all of their defensive backups in. And, it was like the third quarter. It was like the third quarter. Oh like yeah. Halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, you're right. So that's why um, Cowboys were able to score anything. Uh, Lafleur, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, said that it was you know a bad decision for him to pull those starters out as early as he did. Um, but 
you know, it happened. Um, I think the biggest yeah. thing in this game was Jordan Love and Aaron Jones at the same time. I mean, Jordan Love, let's just talk about this for a second. 272 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a passer rating that would have been perfect if he didn't um, inc- do one incompletion at the very end of the game in garbage it would time. Have been the first quarterback in NFL history to get a perfect passer rating in his first playoff game. Yeah. And another statistic is that Jordan Love now has the highest passer rating ever um, in a playoff game that was away. So that's a very, you know, crazy statistic. He also is um, the only quarterback or the only quarterback or the only team. Green Bay is the only team this year um, to win their first road playoff game. So because all the other playoff games this week, um, the home team won. So that's an interesting statistic, especially against a team that was 16-0 and at home. Um, anyways, they're also um, the first seven seed to ever win a playoff game as well. So that's a lot of crazy yeah, statistics. Been, what, four years? I think four years. This is the fourth year that they started with seven seeds. So. Yeah. But there were, um, there were seven seeds way back in the NFL. Um, so – the seven seed yeah, never historically won. I'd have to do that research, but yeah, it is kind of crazy to think about that. Um, beating it's a two seed, yeah. but anyways, this wide margin as well, so. anyways, you guys might take a look at Dak Prescott's um stats here and go 403 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. He did throw the pick six, but all of those yards were in garbage time. Um, CD Lamb was had 110 yards, but looked almost like I mean, like, he really didn't make a difference in this game at all. He had zero yards, I believe, in the whole first half. I could be mistaken on that. He might have had 40. I thought he I thought he had, like, 40 in the first half or, or towards the know, end just, of the game. It felt like he was inexistent. But, um, you know, Jair Alexander with the early pick, I think that's worth mentioning. He really put the team – shifted the momentum right there on the slant route. They were trying to hit a slant, and Jair picked it. And basically, Green Bay got the ball at the 10. Then a couple um, plays later, we got a pick six from Donald Savage. So crazy, crazy stuff. I think a difference maker in this game besides Aaron Jones. Well, we got to talk about Aaron Jones real quick. I mean, he basically owns the Cowboys. He basically owns the Cowboys at this point, like Aaron Jones. It's like Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears. Yeah, he's just different when he plays the Cowboys, just different. Um, 21 carries, 118 yards, a 5.6 average, which is almost unheard of for a running back, like five, like almost six yards a carry every time he touches the ball, and um, three touchdowns. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Um, and the other difference maker here in offense is going to be Romeo Dobbs. Uh, six catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Also, his average yards, I want you to take a guess at this. How many yards do you think Romeo Dobbs averaged when targeted? It's got to be over 20. Yeah, you're, you'd be right. 25, yeah, 25 yards average. Crazy. That is ridiculous. Yeah, um, he, he was a deep threat. He got so many long balls. It's crazy. I think the thing about Green Bay that we'll talk about later is we have they have so many threats. Um, not only Romeo Dobbs, you don't know who to prepare for. You don't know who's going to have a big day, um, and that's just kind of how it is. An interesting yeah. statistic: Jaden Reed sitting here with zero catches, zero yards. Um, not something that you see often. Um, also, Christian Watson only with nine yards. Um, but I think um, the Dallas. Their, their plan was really to take away the middle of the field, which they did, which left it open for the boundary. So that's something to um, think about. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough talking about our players here. Um, we know it was kind of crazy. I need to find the – oh, yeah, here we go. So, um, yeah, so Dallas actually – here we go um, – Total yards. Dallas won the total yards battle by five five hundred and ten to four hundred and fifteen. But like I said, it wasn't even close. All the yards they got were in garbage time. I mean, they had like a quarter and a half just to you know throw the ball down the field when we were in prevent defense. So it wasn't really like anything crazy. Um, exactly. Again, yeah, the passing yards flawed. Rushing yards, we we beat them one hundred and forty three to one hundred twenty three. 
and yards per play, 7.7 for Green Bay, which I find ridiculous. Uh, seven yards, almost eight yards of play. Yeah. Um, that's, again, that's almost a first down every time. So I think that's enough for the Dallas game, unless you had anything else to add. No, not really. I'm just glad it went this way. Yeah. The other way around. So. And we'll, we'll get back to Green Bay later. I'm sure we'll talk about them as we talk about San Francisco 49ers and Green Bay. Um, but let's just talk about these two or these few other games here. So the most interesting game left, in my opinion, is going to be the Rams and the Lions. I had the Rams winning this one. It ended 23-24. to Lions secure their first um, playoff victory in 30 years. Um, I mean, if you're a Lions fan, you got to be on top of the world right now. Yeah, I'm happy for Lions fans everywhere. I just want them to have some to cheer for because it's been 30 like you said 30 something years so it's nice to see it back in the playoffs actually doing well for once so yeah um interesting statistics here matt stafford actually had more yards and touchdowns than jared goff um yet he still lost the game puka nakua i mean a career game like 181 yards in a touchdown um but I, i really need to know what the difference was in this game it looks like it was a field goal um, because if you look at it, uh, Los Angeles won the total yards battle 425 to 334. They won the passing yards battle 357 to 255. Um, they had less, a little bit less rushing yards, 68 to 79. And LA actually had 7.7 yards of play compared to 6.1 for Detroit. So they won in almost every aspect except for winning the game. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. The maker here was definitely the Detroit Lions defense. It did yep. a really good job keeping the red hot uh, Rams out of the end zone. No, I'm looking for. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because the Rams were in a position to win this game like two times, and they could not get it in at the ten yard line like two or three times. Um, so yeah. a very hard fought game by each side. Um. The Lions are going to be taking on Tampa, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Um, but it should be a, a good a good game. I mean, it should be a really good game. Uh, it's interesting to note the Lions are 13-5, and five, so they have won a lot of games this year. Um, but it'll come down to Tampa next week. Um, you know, Jared Goff has been pretty good down the stretch, almost 300 yards, like I said. And Amon Ra here with 110 yards and no touchdowns, but still a difference maker for the Lions. So, I don't know if there's anything else you had to say about that one. Yeah, I had the Rams winning as well, but like I said, uh, it could have gone either way. I think I said this last week, I thought it was going to be a pretty evenly matched game. So, as long as one of the two teams came out on top, I was pretty spot on with my prediction. So, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I had the Rams in this one just because I thought that they would sneak it out. I think actually every reporter had the Rams, um, all like the sports people. Yeah. But, you know, it's the Lions' year, I guess, to win one playoff game. <laughs> Anyways, um, we had the Steelers and the Bills um, in the Bills' stadium. They had to actually postpone this one because there was so much snow on the ground that it wasn't even playable and people could not even safely travel to get to this game if they wanted to. Um, we had the Bills win 31-17. to um, Steelers really just did not look like a good football team against the Bills. If the Steelers can get a good quarterback in this draft, maybe, I think they're going to be a big threat down the stretch in a couple of years. But as of right now, that quarterback room is just not good enough to win you a playoff game. So. Yeah, um, Josh Allen here, three touchdown game, 203 yards, uh, no interceptions, which you like to see if you're a Bills fan. Um, I don't see a whole lot of other statistics here unless we get to the yards per play. Let's see, let's see. Okay, so um, Steelers were close to the total yards on the Bills, 368 to 324. Um, Steelers actually had more passing yards than the Bills at 218 to 189. That's an interesting statistic right there. I didn't expect that. Um, but it looks like the difference maker in this one was the Bills rushing attack. 
179 yards to 106. That might be what actually won them the game, um, along with Josh Allen being good. And yards per play, 5.6 to 5.1. So all around, it looks closer than it was. It's just the Bills were able to end drives in the end zone, and the Steelers were not able to do so, which is why they're not moving on. I mean, it's a lot to expect the Steelers to win a playoff game when they haven't in so long, and they didn't have T.J. Watt. Yeah, I had. I think this was the game I predicted to be the biggest blowout of the week. And it was well, it wasn't the biggest blowout. It was still a pretty big blowout. So I yeah. was pretty spot with that. And the Bills, they just get hotter once it comes to playoffs. So we're going to see how they fare against the Chiefs this week. But we'll get to that later. So Yeah, for sure. Um, and the final game that we're talking about before we move on to the other games and one that I did not see coming, um, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. So I thought the Buccaneers were going to win this game, but I thought it was going to be like in the 20s and like close. But they blew the doors off the Eagles. I mean, nine to thirty-two. Yeah. Baker Mayfield looked like some sort of like MVP caliber quarterback, and he's had good games. Um, but the thing that scares me with Baker Mayfield are the interceptions, and I don't believe he threw any. Three hundred and thirty-seven yards yeah. for three touchdowns, compared to one touchdown for Jalen Hurts. Um, just a crazy day for the Buccaneers. I mean, they just played lights out. Um, at home nonetheless like when's the last time they had a home game besides I guess they had Tom Brady so they had a lot of home games yeah. but um you know they just played so well and if you're a Buccaneers fan like you have to be happy you are two games away from the Super Bowl along with all the other teams and um you know they're red hot and ready to go against the Lions so yeah I just think it depends on what kind of a day Baker has and if he can have a day like that um they're gonna win a lot of football games yeah, I actually think that if they play, if Baker plays like he did against a pretty above average Eagles defense, that they can potentially even make it all the way to the championship for the NFC. So yeah, they could. Have to wait and see how that pans out. Um, they're they're a scary football team right now. So so here's some crazy statistics for you guys. Um, four hundred and twenty six total yards for Tampa Bay compared to two hundred and seventy six for the Eagles. That is crazy that's basically 200 more yards than the eagles had this game that tampa had um their passing yards were only 70 more 234 to 307 about um so just a tiny bit more passing yards but it seems like that is an indicator that the the tampa defense played very well um and was getting good stops and um the deciding factor in this one, and I'll say it and I'll say it again, if you can't run the ball in playoff football, you're not going to win the game. And um, 42 rushing yards for the Eagles compared to 119 um, for the Tampa Bu- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my thing is, is if you can run the ball for over 100 yards and the opponent can't, um, you have a way better chance to win a football game. Yeah, for sure. I think the the Buccaneers, I had them winning this one, and they did come out on top, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not that a big fan of, like, Eagles fans. They're pretty annoying, so I'm also happy Eagles lost. But I do like Jason Kelsey. He's one of my favorite players in the league, and he announced he's retiring, so that kind of sucks. I yeah. didn't want to see him go out like that. But um, still, it was a good game. It was a good game. I wasn't going to lie. I was kind of hoping the Eagles would pull this one out just because I felt that they were the weaker team. So, like, they'd be easier to beat later, if that makes sense. But I'm happy that Tampa won just because I think they can give the Lions a little bit of a harder time than the Eagles. Um, so, you know, my thing is, is I don't care if the Lions or the Eagles or, or the Lions or Tampa wins, but I would kind of lean more towards the Lions just because if the Packers were to win, they'd be easier to beat, in my opinion. But you never know. Yeah. Um, 6.2 yards of play for Tampa and 5.2 for the Eagles. So pretty close, but that one more yard can mean the difference. Um, Unless there's anything else about this matchup, I'm going to pause this for just a second, and then we'll come back and do the um, the games that are coming up here. Sounds good. Okay. So we'll pause this for a second, and we'll be right back, guys. Okay, we're back. Um, you guys know if we hit almost 30-minute mark, it'll kick me out. So um, so now we are going to be covering the the um, divisional round, the second round of the playoffs, um, and it's going to be uh, – some crazy, crazy games. I cannot wait to watch these um, games. 
Um, so let's just start off with a hot one. Um, the Texans versus the Ravens, Saturday um, football, 4.30 p.m., January 20. What do you think about this one? I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think C.J. Stroud is going to have his first real like big competition game of the year. Um, and I'm interested to see how he plays in this under the pressure and all that, but we'll have to wait and see. They're also away. They're in Baltimore for this one. So Yes, so it is something to be – the one thing to be noted is that number one seeds um, have been on a bye, so they did not have to play the last round. Um so they are rested. They have a lot more players back from injury and things of that nature. I think Mark Andrews is back. Um, sometimes number one seeds can be a little sleepy, if that makes sense. They haven't been playing for a whole week. So kind of like teams coming off a bye, it can be a little shaky. Um, but I just think this Ravens team um, in the NFL right now is probably ranked number one in the power rankings for a good reason. I mean, they've won 13 games Um out of 16 or 17, my bad. And um, they have been just crazy, crazy good. So it's going to be a very big test for CJ Stroud and company. But um, if there's any team that can beat the Ravens down the stretch, um, you know, Houston, they're a very young team. They've got nothing to lose. It's kind of like Green Bay in a sense. And I think that they have everything to play for. So, yeah, I definitely think that. It's going to be a really good game. I think the difference maker will be if this young Texans team can handle the pressure or not. That's the only thing I think would be the difference maker in this game. So, going to have to wait and see. Yeah, so just a little overview and then a couple players, and then we'll get to our um, predictions of who's going to win this game. Um, so, of course, on the Ravens' side, we have Lamar Jackson, um, probably going to be the MVP this year. Um, they also have Mark Andrews, some good running backs, and um, – Who's they have a good rookie receiver as well. Um, so they've got like a lot of weapons, of course. To be a number one seed, you have to have a lot of weapons. Um, but for the Texans, they have Will Anderson, their new rookie, they have CJ Stroud, a new rookie. They got all these leaders that are rookies, um, but they are playing extremely good. And then, of course, we talked about Nico Collins, um, a little bit before. So, and also, yeah. they're a red hot team. They just, I mean, knock the doors off the Cleveland Browns, um, who apparently had one of the greatest defenses. But I would argue that the Ravens' defense is better than the Browns' defense at this point. Uh, yeah, I think the Ravens' defense has actually statistically been top five the whole, yeah. whole season. So it's going to be a hard game. Um, You know, I think the key to victory for the Texans, once again, they're going to have to establish the run early. Uh, slow the game down, and C.J. Stroud is just going to have to play at an MVP level, really. He's going to have to throw for three or more touchdowns, and I think that could be the deciding factor for the Texans. Um, as for my prediction in this game, yeah. I think the Ravens are going to take this one just because they are the one seed, and they have been playing very well um, down the stretch. I don't think that they've – I mean, they lost a game versus Pittsburgh, but it was because all their starters were out. Um, because they had already clinched the one seed. I think they might come out a little shaky. This might be a little bit of a close game at the start, but I think once after halftime happens, I think the Ravens are going to come out and put two or three touchdowns on the Texans. I just don't think the Texans, because they're rookies, I, they don't have a lot of playoff experience, although I could see them doing something. I just can't not take the Ravens in this one. But if the Texans were to win, like yeah. I said, they have a chance. I'm not. I'm not ready to rule them out. It could be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think any of the games this week are going to be blowouts. I think they're all going to be relatively close. So, but for this one specifically, I think that the big difference maker, like I said, is going to be CJ Stroud. If he can throw for like three or more touchdowns, it's going to be a close game. If he can't handle the pressure, then obviously I think Ravens probably will blow them out. But it's all up to CJ Stroud in this case. Um, Fun fact, though, also is the Browns actually beat the Ravens in Baltimore earlier this year. And then yeah. uh, the Texans just blew out the Browns completely. So that might play a key factor into tomorrow's matchup, or not tomorrow, Saturday's matchup. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will be able to catch this game. I'm getting, I'm only working a half day on Saturday, so I'm going to be able to see this one. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, it should be a really fun game to watch. And of course, 
Um, the only thing I will add is that the Ravens have a lot of pressure on them to win this game, especially being a one seed, not knowing how long they have to win the yeah. Super Bowl with the guys that they have. And the Texans, they're just playing for fun at this point. So, you know, that could help them, I guess, a little bit. Um, so next up, we have another game that's kind of like the Texans game um, with the Packers and the 49ers happening on Saturday night at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's going to be a, a showdown. This These two teams have squared up the most in the playoffs ever. Now this is going to be their 10th matchup consecutively here. Um, and actually, whoever wins this game is going to have the most playoff um, wins in NFL history. Um, so it's a very historical matchup. Um, 49ers have been a team who has beaten the doors off of Green Bay the past, you know, four times with Aaron Rodgers. I don't, he never actually was able to get past the 49ers um, in his career um, in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, we have Jordan Love. We have a new quarterback. It's a new era. And um, again, this is a completely different team. Um, and they're just having fun out there. And they also just beat the doors off the Dallas Cowboys. So what are your initial thoughts on this one? I think it's going to be a lot closer than people make it out to be. This is yeah. what I said for the Cowboys game last week. I think 70% of people said that the Cowboys were going to win. And then the Packers just came out there and completely blew their socks off. So I think that if we lose, I think this is a win. If we win, I think we're going to the Super Bowl. Because I, don't, I think we can pretty much beat the Lions or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think this is a win. If we don't win, we're obviously out of the playoffs. But if we win, we're going to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that. I just wanted to um, talk about a couple things about the Niners and just the team that they have. Um, so as you guys know, the Niners have not basically played a football game for two weeks now because they, they just lost their latest game. But again, it was because they had all their starters sitting, including Brock Purdy and company. Um, I did hear that they are recovering from an illness currently, Nick or Joey, or not, who's their, um, I'm, I'm forgetting now, their star defensive end. Um, it's going to hit me later. Uh, Bosa. Bosa, yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't know if it was Bosa. Nick Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa, one of the two. Um, anyways. It's Nick, yeah. Nick. Nick, okay, yeah. So he's he actually did say um, that preparing for the Packers was going to be a lot different than preparing for Aaron Rodgers because it's Jordan Love and he's kind of playing the system. Yeah, basically going to the guys that are open instead of forcing balls um, and playing differently. Like Rodgers was a different player, of course. Um, but um, needless to say, it's going to be a, a good matchup. The thing I would like to touch on with the Niners is that they may be a little rusty just because they have been sitting for so long, um, not playing for two weeks. But they have insane playmakers all around the board, which we have to talk about. I mean, they have Christian McCaffrey – Maybe the best running back in the NFL, probably. Um, they yeah, have easily the best running back right now. Debo Samuel, who's just been going crazy. George Kittle. I mean, the Packers have had a history of not being able to cover tight ends um, down the stretch here, um, except for they did do pretty well against Travis Kelsey, which a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, but they, and of course, Nick Boza, who I was just talking about a little while ago. Along with Brock Purdy, who was in the conversation for MVP, I do believe he's a little bit overrated just because of the players he has around him. Um, but yeah. needless to say, he is a very good QB who knows their system well and who can drive the ball downfield. Um, the Niners have barely ever been down all season um, against anyone, but they did lose to some weird teams, which happens to all teams. But I, I would like to say they lost to... Um, with their starters, they lost to Minnesota Vikings. And, um, yeah, I actually, you want to know a fun fact? What's that? Uh, a Kirk Cousins led football team, like someone who's, uh, like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, yeah, teams he's beaten have never made it to the Super Bowl. Well, so, he did beat us this year as well. Break the curse. It's yeah. weird because he beat us in the, in the first game, but. We also um, yeah. beat them in the second game, but it wasn't Kirk. We we beat him when he was doing his skull chant or whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, 
it's going to be a game for the ages. And the thing that scares me the most is the 49ers. I can't take away from how good of a football team they are. Um, but I think this young Packers team, they don't give a crap. They don't care um, about who's in their path or not. And um, I don't think Jordan Love, for one second, is scared of the 49ers or the weapons that they have. I think he's just ready to go out there and ball. So, And the 49ers stadium isn't even half as harsh of an environment as the Cowboys stadium is. I, I've been to both stadiums, and the Cowboys stadium is a way worse environment than like scarier at least than the 49er stadium so i don't think it'll be as scary for the newer players of the packers so yeah um talking about just some of the green bay playmakers here for a second since we just touched on what san fran has um of course jordan love has been playing insane i mean the highest qbr this week um we have Aaron Jones. If he can hit 100 rushing yards, I think that's going to be a key to the game yet again. Beat them in the rushing attack, which sounds very hard to do, but it is, it's it's doable. Um, and, of course, we have some young playmakers at receiver like Jaden Reed and people who are going crazy lately. Um, but mostly it's on yeah, Jordan sure. Love and Aaron Jones for that offensive attack to get it done. And, um, yeah, I just think the key to this one – is trying to hold the ball as much as possible against San Fran. And really the main key to me is winning the turnover battle. If you can win the turnover battle versus the 49ers, I think you can win the game. Um, there are games that pretty gets yeah, flustered and sure. throws two or three picks, and he doesn't win those games. That's how Minnesota won. That's how Cincinnati won. Um, and that's how the Ravens absolutely slapped the crap out of the 49ers um, on Christmas. So, yeah, I think you have to win the turnover battle against San Fran, and I think if you can do that and get the momentum early, kind of like this Dallas game, you have a chance to win. Yeah, I definitely think that if Jordan Love throws a turnover or two, it's game over for us. But fun fact is since week – I think it was week eight. Yeah, yeah, week eight where he threw a couple of interceptions against Minnesota. He's thrown three interceptions since week nine. Wow against the Rams. He's only thrown three interceptions and like I think like twenty something touchdowns. Yeah. So I don't see him throwing an interception to be honest. I don't know. It's gonna be a good game though. Yeah, like so. I said, my two main keys to the game is going to be to stop Christian McCaffrey at all costs, no matter what you have to do. Um I would rather see um Prudy beat like beat us in the passing game and have to use his arm than to see Christian McCaffrey just get fifteen yard runs on us every two seconds. Um, you have to find a plan to stop McCaffrey. I think I saw a statistic to where when the 49ers get over 100 yards of offense with Christian McCaffrey, they're like 11-1 and one or something in games like that, or 10-1. and one. Um, And when they don't, they fall to like 4-5. and five. So it's a very important thing to stop Christian McCaffrey, and they do have, I believe, the third best rushing offense in the league. And we have like the 23rd worst rushing defense in the league so um anyway yeah that's gonna have to get solved quick also george kittle's crazy but they have so many playmakers you kind of have to decide who you want to take away um and i think it has to be christian mccaffrey um anyway is there anything else you wanted to say about the two teams before we get into our predictions i think like i said last week with dallas is our defense even though i was wrong against dallas our defense wasn't enough to clamp them up but i don't think it's enough for san fran so i think we just have to score like 75 80 yep. percent of our drives have to be a touchdown if we want to win this game touchdown or field goal if we can hold them to field goals as well but we have to consistently keep the pace with them on offense so for sure if we can then we'll definitely have a chance so and before we give our predictions i have a question for you if you were green bay would you and you won the toss would you take the ball or not I'd defer. I'd take it second half. Okay. I feel like even if we like start off slow, like going into the second half, we could start immediately like with the touchdown. That'll just change our momentum completely. So, so you guys are gonna think I'm crazy for this, um, but I think um, this game is gonna be a low-scoring game, which a lot of people think it's gonna be a high-scoring game here. Um, but I think Green Bay is gonna win this one, 14 to 10. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I know San Fran has a crazy offensive attack, and I could be completely wrong on this one. Um, But I think San Fran's defense is very good as well. 
And I just think the difference is going to be turnovers. So I just hope that the Packers can get a couple turnovers. But I think that they're going to get theirs too and probably um, hold us to minimal points. But I hope I'm wrong and I hope we score like a million points. So, um, yeah, my prediction, I think the Packers are going to take this one just because we don't have many expectations on us. And the 49ers have all the expectations on them. But, again, if we get blown out by the Niners, um, I don't really have much to say. Like, it can happen, and it might happen, and the Niners are a very good football team. So, anyways, we'll get to your prediction. here. Yeah, I think this is where we fumble the ball. I don't think we're going to come out on top of this one. I hate to say it. But I think the Niners win by, I don't know, I, I'd like to say like a field goal, touchdown close, but I think it's going to be a really close game. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that their passing game is just too much. They have too many offenses for us to keep up with. Like, Dallas really only had C.D. Lamb. That's true. And then they are, they're tied in. That's pretty much all they have on offense, passing-wise. Uh, their running back was pretty inexistent the whole game. So, And you can't really make Christian McCaffrey inexistent. So it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a good game, but I think Niners come out on top. I'm going to go like 24-27. Again, the Niners might just win because they might beat us in the rushing game. We might have 50 yards of rushing and they might have 150. Um, I could see that happening um, and I hope it doesn't. But again, they have probably the best running back in the NFL. So it's hard to go against that. And of course, they're going to want to play football. They've been sitting on the bench for two weeks. They want to get out there and prove something. But, again, the pressure's on them, not on us. And if Jordan comes out there and plays like he did last week, there's no reason for me to not believe that we can't win that football game. Because, in my opinion, we have the better quarterback out of the two teams, and the quarterback could be the deciding factor in a game of this measure. But, yes, you can't look past um, a one-seeded 49ers team against a seven-seeded Packers team. We're both here for a different reason. So, yeah. Anyways, moving on to the next game. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, 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 you're fine. Go uh, ahead. I was just going to say, I definitely think that if you put Jordan Love in Brock Purdy's shoes, he would be the walkaway MVP of the league if he had to, uh, Brock Purdy's weapons. So. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we got two more games to cover here. Um. So next up, we have Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, um, Buccaneers at Lions. Um, and they're going to be going to Lions Stadium. Um. And up in Michigan here, and I just think, in you can call me like crazy on this. I just think Tampa, like I said, they've been really hot, and the Lions they did just win their last game, but it wasn't um a blowout like Tampa, and they have a lot of good weapons like Chris Godwin and um Baker's just been playing amazing. So I'll let you just touch on this for a second. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very I don't know. I feel like it's either going to be a really high-scoring game or a really low-scoring game. I think you'd go either way. I feel like the Detroit defense has been really, really good as of late, just holding teams out of the end zone. Like, they only allowed the red-hot Rams to only two touchdowns. That's, that's true. because the Rams were on fire. So, it's going to be it's gonna be a good game. I, I think if Baker Mayfield can chill out, I think the Buccaneers win. If he throws a pick, I don't think they win at all. I um, think that's the key to them winning is him not throwing a pick. What I will say is that if Detroit does not win this game at home, they're going to be very angry um, because they have not made the postseason in who knows how long. And um, they want to win, and they want to win right now. And um, the Buccaneers, man, they are hot, but I think the key to beating them is to shut down Baker Mayfield and and pick him off a few times. And we know he throws picks, um, but it just depends. Is he going to have an insane day, or is he going to throw a few picks, and are you going to win that football game? Um, if I'm the Lions, I'm going to be, you know, throwing the ball downfield, getting those rushing yards, and just trying to get this one done at home. Again, I think this will be a very close game. Probably it'll come down to a field goal or a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be within seven points. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think it's either going to be like a really low score game, or it could be up as high where both teams score like 30. But it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Yeah. So. So talking about a couple people from each team real quick, and then we'll um, get to our prediction. So for the Lions, they have Jared Goff, who's been playing decent recently. They also have their rookie running back, who we talked about last week, who did pretty good. And they have the Aiden Hutchinson and then their new addition at tight end, Laporta. 
Um, they all should be doing pretty well. On the other side for Tampa, we, of course, have Tampa's defense, who just held the Eagles to nine points, which is kind of crazy. And, of course, Baker Mayfield, who we were just talking about, who can have explosive games um, along with their running back. He's been pretty good down the stretch. And Chris Godwin, of course. So, is there anybody else you wanted to that I missed there? Uh, did you say Mike Evans? I don't remember if he did or didn't. I thought, oh, I said Chris Godwin. I meant Mike Evans. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and Mike Evans has been going crazy. It's like his ninth or tenth consecutive thousand receiving yard season. So he's definitely one to watch out for. He can be a deep threat. Yeah, he can be a close ball threat, light routes, whatever you need him to do. He's always there. So the thing I think about Mike Evans is that he's had a lot of playoff experience compared to the Lions, who haven't had much playoff experience. Um, so I think for that. Sure. He's kind of like a seasoned veteran in that matter, and I think he's going to show up. He's going to have a lot of yards. He just knows where to be um, on the field and when to get open for Baker, which I think is going to be an important factor. So um, predicting this one, I actually I think Tampa's going to just get the best of the Lions, even though I want the Lions to pull this one out so that we could see them if we win. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I just think Tampa will get it done. Just think about it, bro. How crazy would it be if we had Tampa Packers championship, yep. NFC championship? Like, no one would have seen that at the beginning of the season. No one. It would be cool to have that, <laughs> but crazy. on the other side, it would be cool to have the Lions. But my opinion, and we'll get yeah. to it in the next episode, but my opinion is that if the Packers somehow squeak a win out in, in Santa Clara, they are not losing the Buccaneers or the Lions. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, because we beat the Lions pretty bad on Thanksgiving, and yeah. they were fully healthy as well. So and, we, and we were just like, that was like our turning point in the season. Tampa completely so. cooked us um in the last game, which I'll admit, but beating a team two times in a row is very hard, and I think we would have the defensive yeah. adjustments at that point, and Love has been just playing way differently down the stretch. If the season was just the second half of the season, I think Love would be many people's MVP candidate. Yeah. Why. Anyway, half of the season, he's been crazy. Who do you got in this one? I think I have Tampa Bay coming out on top as well. Yeah. I think that it's going to be a close game. But like I said, if Baker Mayfield doesn't go out, it's going to be Lions all the way. So it could go either way, but I think Baker Mayfield will handle the pressure and play just fine. So. Um, yeah, I think Tampa's going to win this one by two scores. Um, that's just my opinion. So maybe the Lions will prove me wrong again, um, but we'll see. Uh, so that is, wait, was that the last game? That might be it. Cause we did, no, we nope, the, we got one more. My bad. Yeah. My bad guys. Okay. So the chiefs bills, we got seven minutes to cover this one. Cause it's on the, it's getting me on the timer. Um, so the chiefs and the bills, it's just another historic matchup. It seems like they're always in the playoffs against each other every year. It, I mean, doesn't that seem like that? I mean, I'm not complaining because every time it's an amazing matchup. I yeah. think the Chiefs have gotten the better of the Bills most of the times, but it's still an amazing matchup every time. So the interesting thing is that this one is not going to be an arrowhead. It's going to be in the Bills stadium, which, I mean, that's yeah. a nice thing for the Bills. Um, but I don't think the home field advantage really benefits them all that much. Um, but they're both 12-6. and six. Yeah. Both of these teams are 12-6, and six, and you better bet your bottom dollar that the Chiefs fans are going to be traveling to Buffalo I mean, they travel just as good as any team in the NFL. Um, same for the Packers. I think you're going to see a lot of Packers fans in Santa Clara. Um, I know that there were a lot there. I, I saw a lot on TV for the for the um, Dallas game for sure. Um, but oh, yeah, there were there was like where I was sitting, there was plenty of Packers fans behind me. Yeah, up front, like in front of me, there was tons of Cowboys fans. But that's because Cowboys fans spent crap ton of money to sit like right next to the field so that's actually hysterical imagine spending like so like eight hundred dollars a ticket just to watch your team lose that bad at home. the ones right next to the field are like a couple grand it's insane i know um but yes um chiefs bills um of course patrick mahomes a game changer for the chiefs and then on the other side you have josh allen who's been balling lately um pacheco's been really good and of course we have um mr swift um, Mr. Pfizer, whatever you like to call him. And on the other side, uh, for the Bills, they just have um, Stefan Diggs, so he's really good as well. Yep. Um, 
you know, just because it's the Chiefs and just because the Chiefs always find a way to win in the playoffs, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. Um, but I think it'll be a good game to watch, especially Sunday night football. Like, what could go wrong, Chiefs-Bills? Yeah, I think this is going to be the best game of the week by a pretty big margin. I think both teams could potentially put up 35-plus points. I think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. So. Yeah, it'll probably be a shootout. I mean, honestly, I don't think either of these yeah, that's defenses. How it is when these teams play, so. I don't think either of their defenses is equipped to stop the other offense. So that's just how I see it. Yeah. Um, but when yeah. Healthy, these are two of the best offenses in the league. So. Yeah. What team do you think is uh, winning this one? I think I have the Bills coming out on top. I think Josh Allen has been the best quarterback. One, actually, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The second half of the season, they're like I think seven and one their last eight games of the regular season. So yeah, it's crazy. I just am taking the Chiefs, like I said, just because it, I don't even like Patrick Mahomes, but he just finds ways to win in the playoffs. I don't understand it, but he yeah. just does. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Bills win because I think it'd be pretty cool. Like the Bills never advance, it feels like, in the playoffs that far. Um, They always make it, but they always get like knocked out and then their whole fan base gets mad and then they just reset the next year and they're like, it's our year. Um, But let's just talk about the Cowboys fans for a second before we wrap up. Like if you're a Cowboys fan and you just got absolutely destroyed by Green Bay, like I'm sorry, but I mean – you might just have to consider cheering for a different team at this rate. <laughs> like, Maybe you should hop on the, the Lions bandwagon. You might have to hop on the love train. I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> as always, it's good to record with you again. We'll hopefully be back for another yep. one of these next week, which will be um, two games. We'll recap these, and then we'll do the two games left that are going to be um, deciding the um, – well, who's going to the Super Bowl, basically. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, high stakes, playoff football, winner go home, and um, it's going to be a great weekend. I, I can tell you that. There's so much time where we don't have any playoff football and we're bored as heck and we don't have anything to really talk about. And um, now that it's here, we got to enjoy it, win or lose. So, um, yeah, anything else you wanted to add before we hop off? That's pretty much it. All right. It's been great talking to you, and um, hopefully we'll be back here for the next one. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Um, Good luck to your favorite teams.